On today's episode of Locked on Canucks, boy, was I wrong with the Canucks and their activity on free agency as the Canucks got into the frenzy today on the first day of NHL free agency, making some very interesting signings. Of course, we are going to break that all down today and the other big free agency news from the NHL. It is Locked on Canucks on Wednesday, July the 13th, and it starts now. Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me at Twitter at underscore process sports, our show's Twitter at Locked On Canucks, and Please also like and subscribe channel. I want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast services. So guys, day one of NHL free agency has kicked off and there have been some notable fireworks. Uh, we will touch on the NHL, the rest of the NHL, excuse me, uh, and all the moves that went down. But the Vancouver Canucks, after yesterday, I've, felt they were going to be on the fringes and the other in their lack of cap space. Uh, I didn't think they were going to do much today. Maybe announce a Bo Horvat extension, which didn't get announced. Um, but they shocked me. They big game hunting a little bit by signing Ilya McKayev to a four-year deal worth $19 million. That's $4.7 million per. And they signed BC boy Curtis Lazar to a three-year, $3 million deal. They also made some notable minor league signings, signing guys like Dakota Joshua to a two-defenseman, Wyatt Kalnuck to a one-year deal as well to fill out their Abbotsford roster. So the Canucks were active. And we'll spend the first show diving into more of the Lazar and McKayev signings because those to me are was what can affect the everyday line everyday lineup for the Canucks going forward. So let's start off with Curtis Lazar, BC boy. Um, we kind of had an idea the Canucks would be in on him. It was kind of wildly uh, projected that the Canucks would be into him. So you know he's a product of Salmon or British Columbia. BC boy was a 17th back in 2013. He never really had the offensive upside to warrant a top 20 pick but he's developed himself into be a decent bottom six forward um he had a career high eight goals last year with a member of the boston bruins uh, and in talking to uh the media lazar said he was very excited to be a vancouver canuck they were one list and it was a childhood dream um also about how the canucks are a you know a team on the rise the, you know patrick alvin said He's a valuable addition to our group. You know, he grew up a Canucks fan. Uh, he's a responsible 200-foot player, a lot of energy, uh, can kill penalties, and he's a right-side uh, centerman. So that is where the key to the Curtis Lazar signing is. The Canucks needed a right-shot centerman who can take on you know the right-side face-offs because they did not have that on their constructed. Um, and he's, you know, he led the Boston Bruins in hits last year as a forward. Uh, for the forward position, excuse me. So when looking at Curtis Lazar, 
to, you know, he's 27 years old, a three-year deal. He's going to be 30 when this contract is up. And to get him at $1 million uh, is actually kind of surprising. Canucks, a history of fourth-line centers uh, making uh, $3 million bucks or whatever. Uh, the Canucks grossly overpaying uh, for a bottom six center. That is... Um, a pleasant was a pleasant surprise to see the Canucks on a bottom six center and to get good value for him at a one-year deal. The term-wise, three years eh, might be a little bit steep, but um, I think we're all okay with that Curtis Lazar signing because it feels, um, you know, had to fill. You know, everybody liked Yuho Lamico and Matthew Highmore, uh, guys who were, you know, had brought a lot of energy but didn't have the, well, let's face it, they weren't NHLers. Like, they were... NHL players, but they were on the fringe. You know, Curtis Lazar, uh, is a, you know, a legitimate NHL player every day. You know, he can kill penalties for you, play with that sandpaper roll on the bottom six, um, and be a pest. That's what they need from him, and that's what they'll get from Curtis Lazar. So, I like that move. I will give it on a scale of 1 to 10. I'll give it an, an 8, because it fills a role they needed. They got him for a, a good deal um, on... A you know sorry a good price point under the cap, um and he you know I think he'll fit in well in Vancouver. Uh, the next, of course, we know Andre Kuzmenko officially signed his entry level deal, um, which became official today. So we won't dive too much into that. But where we'll go next is Ilya Mikheyev, uh, the Leafs, uh, the former Leaf winger who signed that as I mentioned a four year deal worth nineteen million uh, in fifty three games. Uh, with the Maple Leafs last year, he scored 21 goals. Um, and he's, you know, he's 27. Um, he, he, you know, fits into that mold. They paid a price for him to to bring him in, and I think um, this will be not only be helpful for a guy like Vasily Podkolz and Andre Kuzmenko having another Russian on the team, uh, but then again, <clears throat> excuse me, Mikheyev fills a similar role to what Lazar can do. And he's got, he's got some good speed to him, can kill penalties. He can chip in on goals more so than Lazar. So he will definitely play, I think, a top six role in Vancouver. I think he can, you can push him down. Sorry, that allows Tanner Pearson to fall all the way back uh, down to a, you know, a bottom six role where I think Tanner Pearson fits. Uh, and, you know, I think with when you look at the Mikheyev signing, he's going to... I don't know if he's going to get 21 goals again, but he's definitely getting paid for that again. He played on a team in Toronto that offensive skill, a lot of offensive firepower. And now when you look at this Canucks top six, even with, with JT Miller currently constituted, there's a lot of firepower on this top six. Um, and coming up after this break in a second, we're going to dive into what the Canucks roster and how it kind of constructs after day one um, of NHL free agency and how, um, the roster kind of takes form, what it might look like come opening day, whether or not Bo Horvat, or excuse me, JT Miller is there. And we also dive into JT Miller after this break. But first, I want to talk to you guys about betonline.net. It is your number one source for all your needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores betonline.net remains for all your sports scores podcast and news this season betonline.net is the fastest and easy way to check in all of your favorite sports and events including mma boxing 
Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, welcome back to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. As I mentioned, big day for the Canucks, bigger than expected. The Canucks went not big game hunting, but they went hunting. And I think it was all very surprising, right? So now what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the Canucks roster and how that shapes up and how that takes form, what it looks like, uh, and what these free agent moves you know, give the Canucks going forward. So first things first, uh, after today, the Canucks are pretty much capped out. They have no more money. To, they're in LTI territory. Territory, excuse me. So there will not be any more significant moves unless there is a trade, right? Um, you know, Jim Rutherford and Patrick Levine talked about wanting to clean, caught talking about wanting to clear cap space. Well, they're going to need to clear cap space because they don't have any more left, and defense is still an issue. So when I look at this roster as currently, you know, you have the Miller, Besser, Pedersen line one. You could throw, you know, Horvath, Kuzmenko, uh, Pod Colson line two, line three. You know, you have Mikheyev, Garland, Dickinson, Last, or Pearson, Glander, whoever. And the bottom line will have Lazar, you know, Pearson, and pick one of the others, right? Uh, defense, of course, is still the biggest talking point because, you know, you have Oiela Myers still as a pair. Quinn Hughes is still going to be playing with Luke Shen. And we all love Luke Shen and his, um, you know, his ability to be a serviceable defenseman, but he's not that guy for Quinn Hughes, right? Now, John Klingberg is still out there, but as I said, the Canucks have to clear a whole bunch of cap space if they want to get John Klingberg uh, to come in. And I think that's a pipe dream, and I probably shouldn't have said that because I don't think in any way chance possible that the Canucks get John Klingberg. But you have Travis Dermott, who's a serviceable third-pairing defenseman. Of course, uh, we have Thatcher Demko and Spencer Martin net. So when I look at this Canucks roster, the top eight forwards, or top nine, excuse me, if you want to include Hoaglander and a race, if you think about it, the Canucks' worst forward right now might be Jason Dickinson. He's probably the him, him Might be the two guys you want to get rid of, no questions asked. Um, whether, whether he's going to get traded or not, that begs to differ. If right now, you can trade JT Miller for less assets because you just got Ilya McKay who could step into the lineup. Now, I'm not doing that, right? That's just me saying that, hey, you have some fallback options offensively now where maybe the market is now soft on a JT Miller where you just look what Max Pacioretty just got traded to Carolina. Now, I know Vegas is an absolute cap hell and they had to shed space, but Pacioretty had one year left on his deal at $7 million, and they still had to add a sweetener to give him away to Carolina. Um, we saw last week what the Brinkat went for. So perhaps what the Canucks are looking for uh, is not there. Now, Johnny the Go- Johnny Goudreau Domino, which I'll talk about at the end um, of this show, uh, when I'm going to get my winners and losers for free agency. But the Johnny Goudreau going to Columbus threw a wrench in for Jersey, for the Islanders, who missed out on that. Um, they might want to circle back on JT Miller and might have more of a, you know, a advanced and a more aggressive effort to get him because they missed out on um, 
Or, you know, we're, depending on where Naz Qadri goes, does he go to Boston? Does he go to Seattle? There's reports about does he stay in Colorado? Where does Naz Qadri domino fall? And how does that affect JT Miller's staff? Wherever this JT Miller thing goes, and I think now, after the signings today, you kind of just put it up in the air and say, you know what? Maybe they get try to just get rid of, you know, a Garland or a Pearson, try to clear, you know, cap space. Um, just to get under the floor and maybe sign a couple of fringe defensemen that can step in. So um, I don't see the Canucks making any more uh, massive, massive moves uh, over the next few days. You know, I liked, as I said before, the first block. I like the Mikheyev signing. I think it's a good depth signing. I think, you know, the term is a little bit, the term and money is a bit too much for a guy who, you know, scored 21 goals on a pretty loaded Maple Leafs team. Um, and I think, you know, it, could he be a 20-goal scorer? Well, the Canucks better hope, hope so because that's what they're paying for. I'm fine with um, the McKayev deal. It had to, it has to be a precursor to something else is what I would. And I said on my Locked On Now earlier, uh, when the Canucks signed McKayev, he's saying that one of these wingers, Garland, Pearson, Miller, uh, is are out. They are out of the question, out of the – they're not going to be in Vancouver – September because you just don't have the sheer cap dollar to keep them. So I'm intrigued to see what the next move is. You know, there's all been this, you know, hush hush kind of code meeting between, you know, Alvin and Rutherford, uh, camp. And, you know, they're saying that they expect them, you know, he'd be happy, happy to want him back. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what transpires there. Um, and, you know, is it now just a foregone conclusion they're going to keep him and play it out till maybe the deadline and see where things go? You know, I heard a lot about that today um, on the various free agent um, coverages here in Canada that the Canucks, why do they want to get rid of them? Why do they, they push him out the door? Well, you know, for all those various reasons that we talked about, he's going to be 30. He's going to want, he wants a new deal. Uh, it's going to be a long, he wants a longer term kind of home run deal. And the Canucks don't want to hand that out to him because they don't think he's going to be worth a full eight-year deal uh, when the eight years is up or even a, a, a seven-year deal. So um, I think this JT Miller thing has just been dragging on and it's causing a lot of angst and problems and anger with the fan base. Uh, but if you look at it on the flip side, just in a short-term thing, and we're all smart people, we're looking at it long-term, saying that JT Miller does not fit in long-term uh, without an extension, right? Um but when you look at it in the vacuum, right, forward core is very deep and it is very good. Um, this forward core and this goaltending tandem are playoff caliber, in my personal opinion. If the Canucks were to roll out that, you know, that 12, even with Jason Dickinson playing center, and I know nobody wants to see that. Um, this team, with the forwards they have available to them and the goalie, they can make the playoffs. They have playoff caliber players. You know, the big line of Besser, who will have a bounce back here. Pedersen will play much better and continue on to his second half of last year. JT Miller probably won't get scored 99 points, but, you know, he'll be good for your 70 to 80 points. Bo Horvath will be back healthy. Pod Colson will take a step forward. Kuzmenko will be a wild card, but we know there's a player there that it can play. Mikheyev, right? Hoaglander, oh, sorry, Hoaglander, right? Pearson, Garland, is Lazar. You have pieces in place to be competitive. Um, Calgary is going to take a step back. Um, I'm going to say this right now. 
The Calgary Flames caught the fattest L humanly possible today. And the city of Calgary. Johnny Goudreau took less money and basically left over 15 million bucks on the table with Calgary to go to Columbus. He took less money in Columbus. Yes, I know we want to be in the East Coast, but Columbus is not... Yes, it's in Ohio, and it's closer to home. But to leave that much money on the table uh, says something about the Calgary Flames organization and the city of Calgary. Now, I'm a huge proponent that they're probably going to trade Matthew Kachuk now and strip it down because this franchise needs a new arena. They play in the worst arena in the NHL, the Saddle Dome. This ownership needs money, right, to build a new arena. So maybe doling all this money to Kachuk and Goudreau might not be the smart move. And they recoup ass a haul for Matthew Kachuk and, you know, rebuild and rethink. Um, so they're going to take a step back. I think Edmonton took a step forward. I'm precursor into all, all my next topic, but Edmonton took a step forward. So there is a space to be had here for the Canucks to step into a playoff spot. Um, but it's very, I'm just waiting for this JT Miller shoe to fall. Whatever the shoe is, um, that is the, the next thing. You know, very good signing. I like the Mikheyev signing. They're filling out the roster in Abbotsford. Uh, all in all, a very good day for the Vancouver Canucks. They address some needs up front. Their, their forward lines are set, in my personal opinion. Um, unless you can figure out a way to get rid of Jason Dickinson uh, and, you know, acquire a third-line center. Um, I think that, you know, there's still a move to be made. Um, I would like to see Canucks go after P.K. Subban. Um, defenseman, veteran defenseman. Probably won't is not going to command a big salary like he just came off of. He's probably looking to you know rebuild his image on the ice after playing in Jersey and getting lost there. Um, so if the Canucks can get PK Subban uh, to you know fill out that the 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 the, bat, the bottom end of their roster, that would be something I would look at um, for PK Subban. And um, you know we'll see you know what else there is out there. You know. They tried to go after Troy Stetcher, but he signed in uh, Arizona. So and the Canucks were one of the only teams in on Troy Stetcher, but he's went to Arizona. There's still some pieces out there that the Canucks can go after. Um, so we'll see what the secondary market um, with Tails and Naz, and we'll see where the other shoes fall. But coming up after this last break, I'm going to give you guys my losers um, on NHL free agency day one. And... Uh, See you assess the landscape on what teams I think made the strongest push. But first, I want to talk about this episode brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for you and your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why often do pointless or seemingly intimidating questions such as, is your car this model or that model? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only brand the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when choosing Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more of the same parts from the chain store or auto, from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family family yourself for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. We encourage you to discover your own car part needs. So discover Rock Auto and they can help and share with your listeners, excuse me, with all your friends. Go to their easy to use website to find the solution to your Rock Auto part need. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about a section box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low parts, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Okay, everybody, final, final segment of today's episode. Um, my winners and losers of NHL free agency. So let's go through the winners. Uh, I don't think the Canucks, uh, I think they had a very tidy work, um, but they're not a slam dunk. Oh, yes, you know, this team is, you know, way better. But I will say this. The Edmonton Oilers did a wonderful job today. Getting Jack Campbell on a good deal, a five-year deal worth $5 million. Um, I'm not the biggest Jack Campbell fan, but when you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs paying Matt Murray 4.6 for another two years, the Oilers hopefully have solidified uh, their goaltending position now with Jack Campbell. Um, it's going to be up to him. He's going to have to earn this deal, like I said before. He played in front of a very good Toronto Maple Leafs over 50 games. And he's playing at a market that wants a winner and is starving for a winner. Um, the Oilers also re-signed Evander Kane. Um, and this one, this deal was kind of a shocker to me. Uh, I thought Evander Kane was going to go to market um, and, you know, test the waters and get the biggest bag he could collect. But right before... Um, struck midnight but before i went to bed last night uh, evander kane got the deal done with um oilers you know you know there's reports he wanted you know over six million maybe seven million he made it work you know they got a four-year deal worth 20.5 million and evander kane took a little bit of a pay cut to play for a winner um we all know about his on ice on ice you know, off-ice problems, excuse me, but we also know about his on-ice production as well. Um, and in Evander Kane's statement, I'm going to read it out to you, what he said. You know, you know he was pleased to announce he was going to be staying for years and saying the last 12 months have been a lot of roadblocks and tons of adversity, a lot of tough days. But he wanted to thank um, the Edmonton Oilers. And the biggest part was that they gave him a chance and he wanted to compete. Also, how can you say no to staying on the line with Connor McDavid uh, and Leon Dreisaitl. So the way the oil, and they also kept Brett Kulak. So the Edmonton Oilers, in my, my personal opinion right now, as, are a very, very good team. They, I think, have the potential to, you know, win the Pacific Division. And they are a very big winner, um, in, in my opinion. They fixed their goaltending issue, you know, the back end still needs a bit of work, but they also were able to keep Evander Kane and keep um, that top six uh, in core uh, intact. Excuse me. My other day is the Ottawa Senators. They've signed Claude Giroux to a six-year, uh, sorry, $6.5 million deal for three years. Um, and I really like Ottawa's top six right now. Ottawa is being a good for it. You know, they have Drake Batherson. They, of course, they just acquired Alex Debrinkat, Tim Stutzla. Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux, Josh Norris. Um, of course, they have Thomas Shabbat on defense. Uh, now they have Cam Talbot. And I really like what the Ottawa Senators are doing. Um, and I think they can even push for a playoff spot next year. Um, a loser to me is the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, they're in cap hell. Uh, they signed Riley Smith to a new, year, a new deal. Uh, but losing Max Pacioretty for futures and 
it's kind of just another thing of this the, the salary dumps. You know, they dumped Thomas Tatar, dumped Nate Schmidt to Vancouver, which they dumped Max Pacioretty, Evgeny Dadnoff, they dumped Mark Andre Fleury. So you're seeing the repercussions of them being so aggressive that they're going to just give these assets for nothing. They do back Eichel. Um, but I think Vegas is in a very interesting predicament. Um, do I think they'll be back in the playoffs next year? I do. But I think the Canucks have a chance to overtake Vegas in this division. I don't, I'm not totally sold on Vegas. They have no players. They're losing a lot of their depth and they're cap strapped. So Vegas is in grave danger. Um, and fast loser is the Calgary Flames. As I said before, the Calgary Flames cup contention thing is done. Uh, they are finished. The Calgary Flames, as we know, unless they somehow pull miraculously see something out of their hat. Uh, the city of Calgary Fat L today. Um, losing Johnny Goudreau, an all-star. Who took less money to go to Columbus for shorter term. Uh, the decision, but... He didn't go to Philly. He didn't go to Jersey. He didn't go to Long Island. Closer in proximity to where he's from. He went to Columbus. So what happened in Calgary? I don't know what's going on in that organization. Like I said before, Matthew Kachuk, I love him as a player. Is he available now for trade? Um, could he, alongside Patrick Kane and maybe JT Miller, be you know guys that are now looked at in the trade market? Um, the Calgary Flames are done. They're, they're, they had their chance. They blew it. Alberta. Done. Connor McDavid ended that. Um, so the Calgary Flames are another loser. And finally, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending situation is another loser. They got Matt Murray and they got Elias Samsonov. Um, this needs to make it past the first round and win. Uh, Austin Matthews has two years left on his deal. Um, and they have attached it to Matt Murray and Elias Samsonov. Morgan Riley's new extension kicks in. They lost Pierre Engvall. They lost Ilya Mikheyev. They're going to lose uh, Ilya Labushkin. So this team did not get any better. I think they are further away from a Stanley Cup than they were yesterday or even the last week. So the Toronto Maple Leafs are in a period of influx, and I'm interested to see what they do. But they're another loser uh, in free agency for me. So... That was a very interesting, very interesting first day. Of course, the Canucks were more active than we thought. How does that roster shake up? Now, I think they have a playoff caliber uh, forward group and defense. No, excuse me, not defense needs work, but they have a playoff caliber forward group and a goaltending duo. Um, so the Canucks did make some impressive moves, but it's a precursor to more moves that have to be made. A trade is going to happen. Something is going to have to happen to clear cap space because they need to clear cap space. Um, and finally, we went through the whole NHL play, the whole NHL, and some of the biggest signings. Also, I forgot to mention Darcy Kemper signed with Washington as well. Uh, you know, shoring up the situation. But tomorrow's episode again, we will dive into some more signings, potentially more signings dropping uh, as we speak. Maybe some more news out of Canucks land. So stick around for that. We'll also tie a bow on prospect camp tomorrow. I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. Take care, guys. Stay safe. We will talk to you tomorrow.